one of the things that I want to lift up today, and I'm gonna put her on the spot a little bit. Miss Maya, would you stand up for just a moment? Maya and Gabriela um, have done a tremendous job and have blessed us with this beautiful mural. They worked on it after school, they worked on it over the weekend, and we have this wonderful piece that they have gifted us with that is an illustration of what we are going to be working through these next six weeks. So if we could say a big thank you to our artists. Thank you so much. We just love what you have created for us. Now, some of you may be wondering, all right, what's up with the hot air balloons? We've got a lot of them all over the place. And for those of you listening on the podcast, we have miniature hot air balloons hanging in the sanctuary. We have this amazing custom mural by the altar that was created again by Maya and Gabby, who've been working on this after school. These are all images that, that bring about a sense of brightness, of lightness, of floatingness, of lighter than airness. And these are not words that we typically associate with Lent. Amen? Yeah. For many of us, depending on what kind of church or religious community that we may have grown up in, these six weeks of Lent, these days leading up to Easter, meant a time of the opposite of those words. It usually meant that we were preparing ourselves for a time that might feel a little heavy. For some, it might be a time of, of feeling burdened, burdened with, with guilt or shame. Um, but the season of Lent wasn't always like that. Now that's to say that Lent, that's not to say rather, that Lent hasn't always been a time of spiritual dedication or a time of spiritual practice. It has been. In fact, the early church would use this time leading up to Easter to be a season of preparation in anticipation of baptism, which should be serious, but it should also be a time of eager anticipation Something exciting that wakes your spirit up, that makes you lighter, that makes you excited about what is to come. But in the Middle Ages, color me shocked there, the church decided that Lent needed to become less about preparation and more about the other P word, penitence. The action of feeling or showing sorrow or regret for having done wrong. And oftentimes that penitence was meant to be done publicly. Now today, in our modern world, we're more familiar with the practice of giving something up. Which means believing that what we give up is the thing that keeps us from a restored or right relationship with God. But sometimes that chocolate or that cookie or that trashy reality TV show or your Instagram feed, they're not the problem. Now, if you've been journeying alongside me for a while, you have heard me say that when it comes to Lent, I don't want you to give up things that are life-giving. 
I want you to instead, and I have suggested this, giving up the things that are instead death-dealing. In a sense, I've been inviting y'all to put down the stuff that deadens your spirit, the things that keep you from knowing or showing up as your authentic self. And y'all have done a pretty good job of that over the last few years. I have to say, I'm very proud of you. But this year, this Lent, instead of putting things down, we're going to pick things up. Which brings me to our hot air balloon theme. Worship designer and liturgical artist Dr. Marsha McPhee noticed that as she was preparing her Lenten series that involves hot air balloons, she noticed that in the texts that were selected for Lent this year, the word up comes up pretty regularly. She writes, quote, this year, I kept seeing the word up in the scriptures, and it sparked the idea that we need to be, quote, up to something good, and that this might be more meaningful than giving something up for a few weeks, end quote. So this year, this year, we're going to get up to something and look at how picking up seemingly small new spiritual practices can be a big way of being up to something good and how those seemingly small practices can lead us into making big changes for the transformation of ourselves and the world. So beloveds, let us see what God is up to in our text today and what wisdom there is to inspire a spiritual practice in our everyday lives. And so our text for today is from the Gospel of Mark. I warned you last week on your Mark, get set, go. Here we are. And we are starting in chapter 1, verses 9 through 15, this moment of Jesus' baptism and the beginning of the earnest forward motion of his ministry and journey toward Jerusalem. Now, as always, I tell you, I am reading from the Common English Bible, but I encourage you to hear this or to follow along in the biblical language that best connects you with God. So let us hear once again from Mark 1, verses 9 through 15. And about that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. And while he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the Spirit like a dove coming down on him. And then there was a voice from heaven. You, you are my son, whom I dearly love. In you, I find happiness. At once, the spirit then forced Jesus out into the wilderness He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals, and the angels took 
care of him. Then after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news, saying, now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. Thus ends our reading. These are the lessons of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There is a lot happening, and it is fast. But it's also the Gospel of Mark. And he cuts out a lot of the extra stuff and gets right to the point. Now, this is week one of Lent, and it is a special and sacred time of spiritual introspection. And as we journey through this sacred season, our entry point is this powerful moment, this powerful imagery that we find in today's gospel reading from Mark. In these short verses, we witness that profound moment when Jesus comes up out of the waters of baptism and hears this divine affirmation, you are my beloved son. Some translate it to, with you I am well pleased. This moment is a deep, holy moment that calls us to consider what it means to be baptized, what it means to come up out of the waters as followers of Christ and as a people called Christian. It was Jesus, the very Son of God, holy human, holy divine, who entered the waters of the Jordan to be baptized not out of necessity, but out of solidarity with humanity. He was and is a holy and living example of just how far God will go, just how far God will go to show us how worthy of God's love we are. When Jesus descended into those waters, he was identifying himself with our struggles, with our brokenness, with our deepest desire for something more than this life has to offer, something more than this world was telling us we were worthy of, something that only God could give us which is a chance to choose a path that is different from the one that we as a human race had walked for so long. A path that was controlled, that was dictated, that was paved by empire and the need for power and control over others. In this moment of water and the spirit, Jesus provides a deep, visceral, down-in-our-bones, embodied-in-the-flesh way to turn things around. A very deep, down-in-our-bones, embodied-in-the-flesh way to renew our connections, our spiritual connections with God and the Spirit, our connection to creation 
our connection to ourselves. And as Jesus emerged from the depths, now I have been to the river. It is not clear water. This is dark, murky, moving water. And as he emerged from that depth, he heard the voice of God affirming his belovedness, affirming his identity as the one. In this act of baptism, Jesus reveals to us the transformative power that going into the depths and coming up into a new life can have. But baptism is just not about going down, is it? It is also about coming up. It is an act of both death and rebirth. Did you know that? That when we are baptized, granted we're Methodists, we do a sprinkle, but many faith traditions do full body immersion. That immersion is evocative of our death to the world that we came from before and a rebirth out of the water. It symbolizes the death of our old selves or our old ways of being, and instead we are brought through into the birth of being a new creation in Christ. It is also a birth into a community of faith, as we believe here as a people called United Methodist, that when you are baptized, you are not necessarily washed clean of sin, but we recognize the grace of God already at work, and you are reborn into a family of believers, a people to whom you will always belong. That is the power of coming up out of the water. As we emerge from the waters, we are called to embrace our true identity, An identity that involves being a beloved child of God. Not when you get it right. Not when you figure it out. Not when you finally understand who Jesus is. But now, in this moment, you are beloved. You are made whole. You are new. As you emerge from that water and are called to embrace your true identity, you are also empowered. Empowered and transformed by the Holy Spirit, which frees you to live a life of purpose and meaning. It is a journey, this baptismal moment both in the scriptures and that gets played out in our sanctuaries throughout the world, both with infants as well as adults. It is a journey that mirrors our own spiritual pilgrimages. Because mirrored in baptism, we find the flow of our faith. Mirrored in baptism, 
we discover that we too can emerge from the depths to be made new. And this journey is also found in the flow of our worship together every Sunday. This ebb and flow, this into the depths and out, these are part of our spiritual practices of prayer and meditation and mindfulness that we practice during worship and hopefully carry with us into the week. When we participate in these movements of our worship service, when we confess, we release the things that keep us spiritually in the depths. Those moments of confession or release free us from the things that keep us spiritually down. And when we allow ourselves to really, really be in the presence of God in that moment, we are really being real in the presence of God. And we then become like Jesus, rising up from the waters, rising up from the depths, and rising up to be embraced. Embraced by our loving creator who lifts us up, who invites us to come up and rise up into the newness of life. A newness, a new way of moving in the world. A way that is only possible by God's grace. And we are continuously being offered moments like these continuously being offered moments of remembering, putting ourselves back together and renewing, giving us our, ourselves a chance to do it over. Just as Jesus descended into the waters of baptism, so too do we descend into the depths of prayer. When we confess our sins, our, our broken places as we talk about sin, when we confess our doubts, when we lay out our fears, our shame, our anxiety before God, that is us descending into the depths. And in the quietness of that space, we are able to confront the things that keep us spiritually down. We are able to acknowledge our need for God's love and healing. And then, just as Jesus emerges from the water, so too are we invited to come up, to rise up from our prayers, our meditations, our moments of mindfulness, and to emerge to emerge from that space renewed and refreshed by God's grace. My dear friends, this Lenten season invites us to reflect on the depths from which we are called to emerge, from the places where we need to come up from. So beloved, I invite you to close your eyes. Unless you're driving, And listening to this in the car, please don't do that. But in this moment, I invite you to close your eyes and imagine yourself 
somewhere you would describe as in the depths. Now we all have varying experiences with dark places, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, and so I ask you in this moment, be kind to yourself. If this exercise is frightening or painful, allow your mind to bring you to a place that doesn't cause panic, but a place where you can emerge from in some way. Breathe deeply. And in your mind's eye, look around. And as you are in that space, I ask you, what are the things that are keeping you spiritually down? What fears or doubts are holding you back from fully embracing the abundant life that God offers you. Now imagine that you are moving around in that space, that you are bumping up against the stuff that keeps you in the depths, the stuff you've been meaning to let go of, the stuff you've been holding on to even after you've told yourself and others that you have let it go. And as you bump up against those things, I invite you to start the process of making a path out of that space. Now invite yourself, extend to yourself an invitation to begin to come up from whatever it is that is keeping you down. Whether it be an embodied, fundamental understanding of that three-letter word sin, Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's self-doubt. Maybe you have started to believe that voice in your head that tells you you are not enough. And come up. as you make your way and create that path, allow yourself to emerge and emerge into the embrace of God. The tender, loving embrace of the Holy One, the one who is both our beloved and eternal parent, the one who is the creator of all that is good, the one who embodies belovedness in the person of Jesus. Jesus, who is our brother, our friend, and our example 
of who we are, who we can be in the eyes of God when we live a life of love and of liberation, both of which are found when we deepen our connection to the one who loves us completely, who hugs us in the midst of our stuff and calls us holy and good because of who we are, not in spite of it. Now open your eyes. Give yourself a moment to come back to yourself. Dear ones, now is the time. Time to be fully who God created us to be. It is time for us to embrace who we are for the sake of the world and to free ourselves up to live lives of courage, lives of compassion, lives of love. May this Lenten season that we begin be a time of deep spiritual renewal. May it be a time of transformation for each and every one of us. May we be inspired to daily descend into the depths of prayer or to sink deep into the arms of the one who loves us, to confess the places where we struggle, to release ourselves of the things that hold us back, and to cry out to God for where we need God's healing and help and the brilliant light of God's face upon us. And as we do that, may we emerge from those times of meditation or mindfulness or prayer as a renewed people, as a people renewed and empowered by the grace of God, that abundant love. And may we be ready May we be ready to make changes, both in our lives and in the world, changes that are so desperately needed. May it be so for each and every one of us. Amen.